Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon His holy word. Hello, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. It's Wednesday, January the 6th, middle of the week. Hump day. You like to say that. Well, I, I, it works for me. <laughs> Psalm so, 19? Yeah, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a third installment of our conversation on Psalm 19. I, I want to talk about the Lord's Word, which is what most of us think of when we think of Psalm 19. There's a song about it. We actually sing a song about it, and yes, that in our song worship. song is called Psalm 19. <laughs> but it only, interestingly, that particular song only covers the section that's about the revealed Word. Yeah, that's right. It actually doesn't go back to it's the, not the whole psalm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Yeah, thing. David David's psalm was longer. Yeah, than than what we sing. But I, but I wanna, today's focus I talk is going to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do that. And today I want to read something. This is interesting. So I have a little. I don't even know if I want to call this a commentary or it's, uh, but it's a, a fellow named Dale. <laughs> well, no, no disrespect to the author of the commentary. Well, I. <laughs> It's more like a book than a commentary, but it is walking through these psalms. He's written a, a series of these books. I don't know if he would consider them commentaries, but I mean, he, he's commentating. I don't know what I don't know what you call, in the psalms. Maybe, maybe I guess. Yeah, I don't know what he would call it. Enough about that. But Dale Ralph Davis, and this book is called "Slogging Along in the Paths of Righteousness," and he just has chapters about each of the psalms from Psalm thirteen to twenty-four. But one of the things he does is he translates each of them himself. Okay, and I'd like to share with you his translation of Psalm 19. All right, let's let's do it. So again, by Dale Ralph Davis. The heavens keep reciting the glory of God and the skies go on highlighting the work of his hands. Day after day pours out speech and night after night declares knowledge. There is no speech and there are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone forth throughout all the earth and their words to the world's end. He has set up a tent in them for the sun and it, like a bridegroom coming out of his bedroom, rejoices like a strong fellow to run his course. Its starting point is at one end of the heavens and its circuit all the way to their other end and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The Torah of Yahweh is flawless, restoring one's life. The testimony of Yahweh is reliable, wising up the simple. The precepts of Yahweh are right, making the heart joyful. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, giving light to the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, standing forever. The rulings of Yahweh are truth. They are righteous, every one of them. They are to be coveted more than gold, even more than much pure gold, and they are sweeter than honey and what drips from the honeycomb. What's more, your servant is warned by them. There is great gain in keeping them. Who can discern his errors? Clear me of hidden faults. Hold back your servant also from arrogant sins. Don't let them rule over me. Then I will be without blame, and I shall be clear of great rebellion. May the words of my mouth meet with your favor, as well as the meditations of my heart in your presence. O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Well, that's a really neat translation, and it highlights for us something we've talked about in our last couple of episodes, and that is the two names of God employed by David here. Mm -hmm. And showing us you have El God when dealing with the general creation, and then Yahweh, uh, Jehovah God, 
when or dealing with covenant scripture, scripture. Yeah. covenant scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice, unlike the New King James, he still said rock in the last verse. And in defense of the New King James, there's a marginal note, literally rock. <laughs> so, well, so the word, look, let's not waste time. Let's talk about the word. There's so much here about the word. What a powerful statement about the word of Yahweh, the revealed will of Yahweh. So, yeah, absolutely. A couple of, of uh, one of the things that I see here is that you have basically five synonyms for scripture, that this is all getting us back to the written revelation of Yahweh, the law of the Lord, the testimony, statutes or precepts, commandment, and judgments. And while each of these is expounded in a different way, I think in the parallelism and the poetry of the Psalms, we are getting back to this authority and this revelation of God in his scripture. Okay, so I don't want to put you on the spot here, right here while the microphones are on, but um, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You said that there were five terms. Yeah. And yet I know as we go through, there are six lines, there are six yeah, sentences. There are. And, and the one that you didn't mention is fear of the Lord. So what are you thinking about that? Yeah, so the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And when we come to the reverential awe that we feel toward God, it compels us to worship him and to respond. I see the fear as what the scripture brings births in us. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got these synonyms for the word and all that it accomplishes, but the proper response then is a fear, a reverential awe in, yeah, in response and in reply, in reaction to what God has revealed in us. So a a way that I've considered it, and I, you know, look, I I don't want to get into a semantic, is it five synonyms plus our response, or is it six synonyms for the word? But, you know, interestingly, there's a figure of speech whereby metonymy, the change of the name, where you'll either sometimes take a part for the whole or a whole for the part, Mm -hmm. or sometimes you'll just take something related to it for the thing itself. Kind of like when we use the sentence, the pen is mightier than the sword. Sure. That that statement, the pen is mightier than the sword, is certainly not referring to this thing that nobody can see I'm holding in my hand now, which which is the pen. Right. <laughs> I'm not holding a sword in my hand. No, you're not. But I do have a sword at home that hopefully soon will be hanging on my wall between my two Lord of the Rings pictures. I have the Aragorn sword. But nobody would now, say— Now you're just bragging. Now but go I'm ahead. just bragging. It was a gift. Thank you very much to the one who gave it to me if he's listening today. The uh, Nobody's going to say that this pen is actually actually mightier than that sword. If you're carrying that sword and I'm bringing this pen, you are going to whip me to pieces. What we're saying is the writing or the mm-hmm. written word is mightier than a battle. Mm-hmm. Over time, writing things changes people's minds way more than bringing a sword, bringing a battle. So what we have is here's the related thing, mm-hmm. the pen, which produces mm-hmm. the writing mm-hmm. versus the sword, which is one little tool in the battle. So so I think that's what's going on here. I think you're absolutely right. The fear of the Lord is the, the word fear is not a direct synonym like those other five. But what it's doing is it's taking that related word. This is what it produces in us and using it as a name for the th- for the thing itself. I think also just, you know, even as I reflect in our discussion here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. And uh, certainly we're going to gain the wisdom and knowledge of God by his revelation. So these are certainly related concepts. And and that ties back to the fact that, uh, what did it say in verse 7? The testimony of the Lord is sure, mm-hmm. making wise the simple. Mm-hmm. I, I love, honestly. That was, that was good. That was the phrase why I wanted to read Ralph, uh, uh, Dale Davis's 
translation because he said wising up wising the simple. Up. I caught that and I like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I actually wanted to read that translation, wising up the simple. It all goes together. So here are these terms. I think what we're supposed to see here is not, okay, let's start a rabbit hole and, and drill down a rabbit hole of each of these terms and try to figure out their distinct nuances and the different aspects. I think oh, what we're, well, then I'll throw my sermon away. <laughs> I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not saying, brother, that that's not an okay activity to be involved in. <laughs> but I'm saying it's it's not that we have to spend all our time in that. It's yeah. the recognition that this is the word in its totality, every aspect of it, from the specific to the more general. Torah is the more general kind of over-encompassing idea mm-hmm. of God's law, but mm-hmm. down to the commandment. So from, from Torah to the commandment, from the from the big overarching to the little, from uh, well, from from its source, mm-hmm. the fact that it's the testimony of the Lord to its result, the fact that it produces fear in us. It's it's the idea that everything that that is in the Word, I you know from from uh, from its limits as it mm-hmm. gives us precepts and statutes to what it actually equips us, judgments, as now through the word, we are able to judge along with God in God's ways. All of this together is the word of God. It's the word in totality. It's every aspect of the word is great. Every word of the word is great. And it so beautifully communicates to us the value of this word. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb or drippings of the honeycomb. One of the neatest things I did when I got to go to Israel five years ago, we were having a breakfast at a hotel and here was this hanging pane of honeycomb. And you just walked up to it and with your bread and you had a knife and you cut off your own portion of honey and honeycomb. And that was the first time I've ever had raw honeycomb, uh, honestly, in my life. And here I am sitting in Israel and I'm talking to this brother and I'm like, this is the sweetest thing I've ever put in my mouth. It's wonderful. And my brother said, ah, but we know there is one thing that is sweeter. <laughs> that's that's fun about going to Israel with Christians. They'll they'll check you like that. But <laughs> but I mean I was actually juke. Yeah, exactly. I got juke. So but but I I mean I really was thinking of that. And I was like, man alive, I've never had honeycomb before I am before. Here I am eating it. And I'm sitting here with David and I'm really appreciating in another way when he talks about the tremendous wealth, value, sweetness. Of all of God's word. And what David says about it is, look, if behind door number one was a pile of gold Mm -hmm. and behind door number two was the sweetest and richest of foods, the most satisfying of foods, and behind door number three is the word of the Lord Yahweh. David says, I'm choosing door number three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been in a lot of Bible classes where people talk about that choice and they'll say, well, yes, of course, because if I follow the word of the Lord, then I will get the riches and the food. And that is not why David would choose that. That is not it. No, that's not No, what David is saying is whether or not I ever got those other things, I want the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is actually just straight up in a competition better than those things. And if if I never got to have those other things, I'd still rather have the word of the Lord. It is more to be 
desired. And did you pick up, this is one of the other interesting things, Davis in his translation used the word coveted. Mm, yeah, yeah which, I did. Which I often don't like to use in no. anything other than kind of a negative connotation. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I will say, it's like one of my pet peeves when someone says, I covet your prayers. I, I just, that that honestly just kind of is like nails on a chalkboard for me because it feels like it's mixing sin with righteousness. But in his, in his comments, whether we want to call it a book or a commentary, he actually said the reason why he specifically chose to use that word is he wanted us to recognize that, that the same word used there is used in a sinful context to oh, refer to that kind that of word. intense desire. Well, there you it, go. The Hebrew word. It's the, it's for this really intense desire. And and he was trying to point out that there's a stark contrast. Often we are sinfully coveting yeah. somebody else's food, somebody else's gold, and somebody else's riches. And what he says is rather than in getting caught up in that sinful coveting and desire of what belongs to another, having this absolute intense desire for what God is freely giving us, his word. And I thought that was a really cool point to make. So Yahweh spoke, and that is for the benefit of his people and for his servants. I noticed in verse 11, by them, by your words, right, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And so God, and it's a special thing to think that the creator of all of this around us, as the psalm declares, then goes that next step to communicate directly to us in this scripture, in this writing. It can be read, it can be understood, and it is for our blessing and our benefit. Well, Jesus himself says that the commandments of the Lord are life. Yes. In fact, that's that's what we have here when it says that the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Mm. When I recognize that that particular figure there is actually talking about my response. If the fear of the Lord endures forever and it's and the fear of the Lord is actually my response to the word, then then who's who must be enduring forever? Yeah. I am. I'm gonna endure forever. I'm enduring forever. And where does that come from? That comes from being in the word. We actually have here a little hidden message of eternal life heaven connected and, to the word heaven and earth will pass away my word by no means shall pass away absolutely absolutely yeah. thank you very much for listening today we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to let us know what you're learning from the word or any questions that you have about the psalms or or whatever text you're reading go ahead and send that to us at text talk at christians meet here.org text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's wrap up today with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word, this special revelation, this scripture. Father, that we were reminded as we looked at this portion of Psalm 19 how great you are and how great your word is. Perfect, Father, sure, right, and true, pure in our eyes. And Father, may it mold us. May we live in a reverent awe of fear of you, walking in obedience to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.